Hello, and welcome to the Abiding Together podcast in partnership with Ascension. Abiding Together is a place where you can find connection, rest, and encouragement on your journey with Jesus Christ. My name is Sister Miriam James, and every week I am joined by two of my dearest friends ever, Heather Kim and Michelle Benzinger. What you're going to find is we're three normal women who are on the journey, who laugh, we cry, we have all kinds of adventures, and our heart is to share our love of Christ with you, our friendship, and all the beautiful and broken places that we encounter. So you are most welcome to join us on this journey. Grab a cup of coffee, get settled in, and welcome home. Hello, and welcome to the Abiding Together podcast, where we have come to the last, 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 last episode of our series on searching for and maintaining peace. Um, we've discerned already, people, of listeners, we've decided that Michelle is now the responsible one two weeks in a row. Yeah. So Michelle is wearing her Auburn hat because Auburn, we're not sure when this airs what's going to happen, but Auburn uh, upset Kentucky. Mm. And so she is wearing her hat with pride and she is uh, the responsible one today, Michelle. How do you feel about that? The award for most responsible? I feel really good about that. It's been a long time coming <laughs> and that I, fact that I- First time ever. Just like to thank the Academy. <laughs> hey, I've had it two weeks in a row being the responsible one, keeping you all on task. So, God help. Um, us, yes. Everyone. Miraculous things can happen. Auburn make it to the final four what? and I'm being yeah. a responsible one in the three Musketeers. Mm-hmm. So yeah, mm-hmm. you know, with God, nothing is impossible people. And that, with, that's yes. mic drop right there. That's the moral of the story. It's true. And other impossible believing things is that I know what you're talking about with basketball because oh, it has been so on nonstop seriously? in my house and I'm actually following basketball for the first time ever. So I've been totally up on all your sports texts. And I feel really proud of myself. Mm-hmm. Well, this should be actually, this should air the day that the national championship takes place, right? Okay. So, yeah, I think so. Um, you know, it could be. But yes, we, Michelle and I were talking about basketball, and Heather just chimes in. She's like, I know exactly what you're talking about. And we're like, yay! Yeah. I'm like, I know Zion. I know Zion Williamson. He's my fave. That's my team, Duke. Well, he went home <laughs> yesterday, but. I know. I know he did. I don't think he's going to be that sad when the NBA signs him and he's making those big bucks. I think he'll get over it. Oh, my gosh. I, just said, he's a, I didn't realize he was a freshman. I didn't either. The guy, I'm like, who is is this man? I know, right? Yeah. I actually Googled him yesterday because I was like, what is this kid's story? You know, I want to know everything about him, but he is a freshman Mm -hmm. and he is like a tree. He is huge. And so, um, but yeah, so serious basketball talk, you know, but, um, and it almost stole my piece yesterday, but it did not. I maintain peace in the midst of the elite eight. So in that way, sister, go you ahead. Should tell, you should tell the listeners what your neighbor said about you guys yesterday. I love that. We were watching the game in uh, my room and my next door neighbor's like, Michelle, we could hear you screaming when Auburn was playing next door. Like, like across Sorry. the street. Across the street. So I may have taken it a little bit seriously, but you know, hey. You know, all spare in college sports. So, yeah, you know, I got a little excited. Like, I do most things. Yeah, so you're passionate. I, that could be said. Yep, it was all good. Yeah, and you, Heather, your kids are back at school now. Spring break yep. is over. Yes, it's over. It came crashing to an end. We we're all sad and super tired this morning <laughs> because we had a great spring break. It was so nice. It was so nice mm-hmm. to be together. And we spent some time in Nashville, as I said last time, and then came home and had a few more days of just hanging out with friends. And so, yeah, whoever thought of spring break, good job man that was just like such a spring timely, break maker upper such yeah. a timely break yes so <laughs> yeah. how are you sister 
Um, it's good. I'm actually in the great state of Rhode Island, um, giving a parish mission here at uh, one of the churches, and uh, it's lovely. I'm just staying in a place. I'm about to go to, for a walk on the beach later today, ladies. So oh, we go from poor baby. the west coast to the east coast, <laughs> and I'll be praying for you as I walk along the beach with my veil blowing in the wind. <laughs> oh, that so, just so romantic, glorious. isn't it? Yes. <laughs> I like long walks on the beach with Jesus. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I like the freezing cold weather, but that's okay. Hey, it's fun. We'll do it. Sand in your shoes. <laughs> okay, so we have come to part three. So part three, the vi- the final end of our journey with Father Jacques. Um, can I just say, I was just, I was meditating on this during Holy Hour. This book really, like I've read this a long time ago and it's been such a good study for me to read again. Mm-hmm. And it's very interesting just noticing throughout this Lent of just areas in my life where when I am rushing or when I am anxious of like what's really going on there. And the fact that there's kind of a new realization that's kind of settled more deeply into my heart is like, oh, I don't, I don't have to freak out over this. You know, like I, this is not helping anybody. I don't have to make a drama out of this. Like I don't have to, like I can actually navigate in peace. And it's funny because the words came to me as I was reading the last chapter that I'm like, that's, that seems too easy. I'm like, no, that's not too, <laughs> it's not too easy. That's just how it is. So like when the, when the storm is brewing in my heart, um, you know, it's, it's indicative of something going on much deeper. So today we're going to talk about uh, some just great reflections that Father Jacques includes from various saints. Some we've heard of, some we haven't. Um, but just kind of Heather, for you, as you read part three of what the saints tell us and really our guiding, uh, thoughts come from Francois Marie Jacob Lieberman, who says, uh, pay attention to these words. He says, keep your soul at peace. And we're like, oh, amen. Keep your soul at peace. So, uh, Heather, what about you? As you kind of read the whole last section, what were just some thoughts before we kind of delve into it? What are, what'd you think about it? Yeah. Well, I will say just to piggyback on what you were saying about the book itself, like during Lent. Again, I've been experiencing the fruit of regular, deep conversation about the faith and about spiritual things and how that's bearing fruit in my life. Mm. Because this book has really been on my mind, like throughout my day, the, the conversations that we've had, the stories that we've shared, the insights that you all have had. I'm like thinking about them outside of the podcast and outside of, you know, this particular conversation and it's impacting me, you know, it's changing mm-hmm. how I think. So similarly to you, as the busyness, it's been the busiest time of the year for me during Lent, which has been really sad. And so my husband, Jake, and I went out for our first date in a long time last night. And he said, how's your Lent going? And I said, well, (laughs) it's not amazing. I'll tell you that. But in the midst of it being crazy, I've been able to continually, like I literally close my eyes and connect to the gaze of God and come into his presence. And I'm continually mm. just going there and being like, Lord, I just want to receive all that you have for me right now in the midst of this busyness. And it's because of this book, because of the conversations we're having. And so it's been very fruitful for me. But back to the saints, I loved just hearing like these little snippets of everything that they said. I was like, wow, this is so powerful to just read some of their thoughts. And I loved that whole quote, actually, where it says, you just quoted it at first. It's like, we need to put this above, you know, our kitchen window or Mm -hmm. something. Pay attention to these words. Keep your soul at peace. Mm -hmm. It's an expression employed by our divine master. Your soul should always be enclosed in itself or better enclosed in Jesus who dwells therein, not imprisoned or locked up under key, but in gentle repose kept Mm. in Jesus who holds it in his arms. Amen. I was just like, oh, sweep me away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, mm-hmm. that sounds really good. Mm-hmm. I want to stay there. Yeah. How about you, Michelle? What are your thoughts about these final, final I chapters? loved it. Some of the saints, I had never read any of their writings before, which, you know, is kind of miraculous for me. But uh, I just absolutely loved it. I loved 
yeah, it, it did struck me the same way, sister. Like, I'm like, all right, is this too naive just to do it this way? Yep. Could it be this simple, you know? Mm-hmm. And I asked myself, like, uh, yesterday morning when I was praying about some different things that, um, and like you, Heather, it is so timely, this book in the season yeah. that we are in my life. And uh, my husband and I are making a lot of just bigger decisions, you know, right now. And so I'll be, like, constantly quoting Father Jacques Philippe to him, saying, hey, <laughs> But these are, you know, this is what, you know, unrest when you have decisions to make on chapter 16. This is what Father Jacques says, <laughs> you know, and just, but I was thinking to myself, like, could it be this simple? And I guess, yes, it really is. And just like yesterday, I was thinking about all these different things, situations and things with kids and all this kind of stuff. I'm like, okay, what is stealing my peace? Like, what is mm-hmm. stealing my peace? And I just made a list, you know, and then I asked myself, why is it stealing my peace? You know, right. go a little bit deeper. Why are these situations? And then, okay, surrender it, you know, mm-hmm. give each situation, hand it over to the Lord. I'm like, all right, am I really allowing him to be the Prince of Peace in these situations and rule over mm-hmm. these situations? Or am I ruling over these situations? And there was just, as soon as I just like journaled all this in my um, journal, there's just like a sense of peace, hence came over me. Huh, gosh, mm-hmm. this really works, right? You know, so it was just been beautiful, just this whole journey with this book. And we said before, it is little, but it packs a punch, you know, mm-hmm. and the little simple things are not really simple. They're actually really uh, big in the kingdom of God, just those simple days of surrender, those simple, like, Lord, where are you? What What is stealing my peace? And just being aware of those situations and really mm-hmm. being aware of the disposition of my heart in those situations. Mm-hmm. Like what's going mm-hmm. on in my heart? You know, like in the very first part where it says, take care to not let your heart be troubled, saddened, agitated, yeah. or involved in that, which can cause it to lose peace. I'm like, okay, really? Like, <laughs> do you raise kids, mister? You know, like, so, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but take heart, you know, like, okay, like what mm-hmm. makes me lose my peace? So yeah, it's just been a beautiful journey. So I'm excited, you know, to finish it up, but I'm excited to see how this bears fruit going forth from Lent this little book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, I think the real key, isn't it? Is that we've, we've talked about a lot of quotes from this book that we've loved and that have impacted us. But if we don't allow it to become integrated into our spiritual life and really like become the practices of the heart, then it's kind of pointless, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's oh, my hope for myself is that I can mm-hmm. really integrate these things into my spiritual life mm-hmm. and not just leave it as a book that I did during Lent. Mm-hmm. Well, definitely. And I, I know, just think of it now also of how does this book, you know, relate to all of our words for the year, right? So the word that you have for the year, I mean, since nothing is coincidental and here comes this book for all of us, like how is this book speaking to each one of us in our particular word for the year, mm-hmm. right? Where God is, is working within us. And, um, yeah, I think, you know, what we could do is maybe just talk about some of the quotes that impacted us. And we've all talked about this one. And, and Michelle, you read part of it uh, from page 85 by Juan de Bonilla, uh, where he talks about take care to never let your heart be troubled. And then I love the rest of the quote as well. He says, rather work always to remain tranquil because the Lord says, happy are those who are at peace. Do this and the Lord will build in your soul a city of peace and he will make of you a house of delight. That which he wants of you is that whenever you are troubled, you would recover your calm, your peace on your own, in your work, in your thoughts, and in all your activities without exception. So there's really no one that says, well, have peace at all times, except when this happens. (laughs) Then you can freak out. Like, that's fine. But I just love this. The city of peace, I'm about to start singing city of God here, but I won't. Uh, The city of peace and then the house of delight, not house of Turkish delight, Heather. Let's just get that straight. House of delight. And... (laughs) 
<laughs> Who doesn't want to have a a, piece, a soul that has peace and delight in it? So yes. maybe we could talk about that because that's that's very true. Like, you know, all and Saint Francis de Sales is going to say later on. You know, it's you were all we're all going to lose our peace at times. But if we could just strive, and when we find we've lost or we find we've fallen or we find we're agitated, okay, that's okay. Just just bring it back. Like Father Tom, Father Timothy Gallagher says, and disarm his spirits. Just bring it back to the Lord. Just let it go. Mm-hmm. You know, bring your gaze back to the Lord and keep keep going on. So Heather, what are your thoughts about? Turkish delight. <laughs> <laughs> Just to come back to the real point, Turkish delight. No, I was. What struck me is that I'm at, I'm building a house right now. Um, my Jake and I are building a house, and it is quite the process, you know. Um, and he said, just as it's not built in a day, I'm like, a- oh, amen, yeah. brother. It is not built in a day. Like, there are so many details, so much to handle. And right now, like, that is one of the things whirling around in my life is all of these details. And we want to get it right. And we want every part to be done well. We don't want to skip over anything. We don't want the foundation to be, you know, unsafe. We we don't want mice getting in, you know. So we need every it's every place, you know, covered. And, um, but I love how he said, it's the Lord himself who needs to build the house. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, is that not the relief that it's not up to me? Like in my real life, I'm handling all of these details, but in my spiritual life, it's the Lord who needs to build the house. And and I just love that analogy and that visual as well. Like, am I allowing the Lord to build a home in me and to go through every stage and to not be rushed, but to stay with him and to trust him in what he is building? What about you, Michelle? Yeah. And just like sister was saying, um, I really been incorporating this Lent and my, my word for the year rhythm and making our house like a place where rhythms can happen and making our house, you know, just, I mean, I love to decorate, but making our house where like things can, um, people can flourish and be nurtured in it and just being really intentional and letting the Holy Spirit guide me in that. But when I was reading this, it reminded me of that quote, and I put it in my notes from C.S. Lewis from Mere Christianity, when he says, imagine yourself as a living house. God comes in to rebuild that house. At first, perhaps you can understand what he is doing. He is getting the drains right and stopping the leaks in the roof and so on. You know those jobs need doing, and so you're not surprised. But presently, he starts knocking the house about in a way that hurts and does not seem to make any sense. What on earth is he up to? The explanation is that he is building quite a different house from the one you thought of. Throwing out a new wing here, putting on an extra floor there, (laughs) running up towers, making courtyards. You were thought you were being made into a decent little cottage, but he is building a palace. He Mm. intends to come and live in it himself. You know, and that is C.S. Lewis from Mere Christianity. And that's what Lynn is doing. You know, he's making us build down these self-protecting law, I mean, walls that we have, you know, so he can come and repose himself into our hearts. And sometimes it feels like we are a demolition and a complete fixer upper. And we just want to skip to the part where Joanna and Chip are there and, you know, and say, (laughs) move that truck, you know? And so, but we're not there yet, people. So we still are in demolition and we are still in the remodeling and we are still seeing, you know, what do we need to take out so he can really repose himself into our hearts? And what are the things that... um, you know, are keeping him from building the house that he wants to create in us, you know, Mm. like really silly asking those deeper questions, which they seem to be popping up those questions on a daily basis around here lately, you know? So yeah. Sister, what about you? 
Oh, I agree. I, I just was, as you were talking about that, I've been very convicted this Lent about areas of self-protection in my life. Mm. Of just really, just some areas that I did not realize that I was self-protecting or that are so second nature to me that that's just how I operate in life. That's how I navigate life. Not really under, not really realizing it's me trying to protect myself versus me entrusting my heart to the Lord and asking him to protect me in the ways that he sees that I need to be protected. And I can't remember if I talked about this before, but um, a friend of mine was reading a book on shame and um, the author of the book was saying that, you know, we talk about vulnerability and we talk about how oh, I need to be vulnerable. And he said, we think vulnerability is something that we have to do. But he said, vulnerability is actually our natural state. Mm. He said, actually, all vulnerability is, it's, you know, inviting people into um, being present with us, inviting people into seeing us, to know, to see, to know and love us. But he said, vulnerability is actually not something that we do. It's something actually who we originally are. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I just thought, I've thought about that a lot. And I, it was, it was very fitting that my friend would take a picture of that page of the book and send it to me. Yeah, <laughs> I was wow. like, all right, I get it. I get it. But isn't that true of like, gosh, you know, I, I, you know, we call it being astute or we call it being very, I don't know, but I just really, as you say that, Michelle, like I've thinking a lot about that. If I've really had to repent of to the Lord of like areas where I've been self-protecting just out of fear, I don't want to get hurt. Like, I don't want to be hurt. I don't want to be taken advantage of. I don't want to be, and those in a sense are good things, but it's me going about it my own way versus me entrusting my heart to the Lord and asking him to be hmm. uh, the one who protects my heart. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. Totally. Mm. Yeah. And one thing that just stuck, struck me, Michelle, as you said, um, like in your regular home that you want people to come in and, you know, be, have a sense of peace in your home and flourish and whatever. And I just thought, you know, shouldn't that same thing apply to our hearts within? Like, is oh, our heart yeah. a place where people can flourish and come alive? Like when mm -hmm. they encounter us and come into our mm -hmm. presence, which if we are self-protecting and we are like covering up all of those parts, like that can't happen when people come into our presence. And so, yeah, anyway, that, that's just a, that struck me and I'm like, okay, I need to think about that a little bit. Like what, what is my heart? What do people encounter when they come into my presence and into my heart? You know, is it a place oh, of rest, so flourish, good. peace, um, all of that. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I think we talked about that quote when we were, when we were all in Louisiana by Edith Stein that says a woman's soul is fashioned as a shelter where other souls I was just thinking may, that, yeah. Yeah. May unfold <clears throat> and grow. And that's really the heart of who a woman is. So that's a great question, uh, Heather, to, for us to ask ourselves, men and women alike, like what, what is it like to, for people to encounter me? Do they, do they, are they at rest? Are they at peace? Do they find they can open themselves up to me or do they have to self-protect my presence? Do, are they on the defense? Are they suspect? Are they, you know, and, and ultimately we have no control over what other people's experience of us is, but we can certainly ask the Holy Spirit within our hearts, like, Lord, what kind of house do I have when people encounter me and they come into my presence? Mm -hmm. You know, what, what is my house? What is the disposition of my house of my soul? You know, is my heart like yours? Where, as the, uh, Juan de Bonilla was saying, where people can take repose, mm -hmm. do they feel safe in my presence mm -hmm. or do they feel like they have to either, um, calculate or self-protect in my presence? That's mm -hmm. a very sobering question it's to ask really with the Holy Spirit. And probably to ask some people that you know, like some oh, people yeah. that really know you and say, hey, what's it like to be around me? <laughs> yeah. oh, and gosh. different groups of people yeah. will say different things, you know. <laughs> Isn't that true? It is, because yeah. the people that, yeah. you know, that you're around and you're like gracious with, or then when you ask your kids, you know, when you're like in a hurry or whatever, <laughs> they'll be like, okay, mom's in a mood right now. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, it's just, it depends. And it's funny that you say that quote, sister, I just uh, I had it made for a print in my house because that. Oh, you yeah, because it that. spoke so, um, you know, so much truth to me, like, and we're creating a rhythm in our house and creating a place 
But I think I talked about this last week on the podcast, just talking about um, realizing that to keep my heart open, you know, is a chance that it could get hurt, but that Mm -hmm. that's a beautiful place because the alternative is if I close it and self-preserve, it's not flowing. It's not alive. It's not open. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. that I realized that I do have trust in the Lord. And so even if it gets hurt, he'll do beautiful things out of the hurt. I'm not saying not to have boundaries and stuff like that, but just to, you know, like, all right, keep it open because that's Mm -hmm. what we are. And I just been asking the same questions like, all right, where am I not receptive? You know, where is there like Mm -hmm. a block in my heart? You know, like where Mm -hmm. is there like a little cholesterol or something? You know, where are my arteries, arteries clogged here? Mm -hmm. You know, just like, where am I not receptive and Mm -hmm. why, you know? And I think that goes like on to St. Teresa of Avila when she's talking about the way of perfection, Um, you know, just like really looking at yourself and really looking at who God is and who you are and what true humility it is. And I think the Lord is asking us, us, um, like in theology, the body language, it says self-possession. But what really we mean in St. Teresa Babel is really big about this is self-knowledge. You know, I think we talk about being students of our spouses or students of our children, but we have to be students of ourselves and our own mm-hmm. heart and really know mm-hmm. our hearts and why we do that. And when we do that, then we can figure out our sinfulness. But on the flip side, we figure out our desires and how God Definitely. made us and that we are made uniquely mm-hmm. and that this is a beautiful thing. Like when he created us, it is good. And we discover the goodness in us, you know, mm-hmm. in a humble way. And that mm-hmm. trust. And I think one of the things I've been really struck is, um, this Lent is how do we grow from glory to glory? You know, am I on a road of growth or where do I just like to s- stay still? You know, where do I like to get comfortable? And St. Teresa of Abel always says, prayer and comfortable living are incompatible. So like, and mm-hmm. yeah, like, so when we're really praying, God is going to move us. He's going to stretch us. So sometimes we are going to feel like heart pains and sometimes we're going to feel ache and sometimes he's going to stretch us, you know, and these are good mm-hmm. things not to run away from these things, but to lean in to love in those situations and see how he's going to move us and change us and transform us. Mm-hmm. I think that's a huge point that you made about, you know, when we self-protect and when we close, then we're, we're not able to receive. And receptivity is how God has made us in the feminine heart, like even in our body and everything, like there's a, there's an aspect of receptivity that is inherent to who we are and how God has created us to be. So when we close off, um, when we self-protect, then we're not able to receive. And as far as the brokenness piece, you know, like we, yes, we do open ourselves up to hurt and pain, but you know, when the ground is broken, that's when things can be planted. That's how it works. And, um, And so God can make all things new. And that keeps coming up over and over and over again, that he can do everything if we let him, even with our brokenness, even with our weakness, even Mm. with our sin, like nothing is Mm. lost in him at all. You know, sister, what are you Mm. thinking? No, that's very true. That is very true. I mean, because you can't, we've talked about that. Like you can't mute one thing without muting another. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we talk about muting mitigating against pain, but when you mitigate against pain, you also mitigate against joy. And so really the only way to live is to have a heart broken wide open, which is Christ, right? That's his life. Like that's his heart. And I, I was also very, uh, very struck by, uh, St. Francis de Sales, his quote on the divine providence. And, uh, this is so great. He says, do not anticipate the unpleasant events of this life by apprehension, Rather, anticipate them with the perfect hope that as they happen, God, to whom you belong, will protect you. 
He has protected you up to the present moment. Just remain firmly in the hands of his providence and he will help you in all situations. And at those times when you find yourself unable to walk, he will carry you. He says, do not think that what may happen tomorrow because the same of what may happen tomorrow, because the same eternal father who takes care of you today will take care of you tomorrow and forever. Either he will see that nothing bad happens to you, or if he allows anything bad to happen to you, he will give you the invincible courage to bear it. And just, um, you know, when we talk about our words for the year, and I've thought a lot about, I have your guys' words written down on my desk too. So when I sit down on my desk, I think of your words and I, I think of mine and just like what God is doing and just how the unfolding of providence and, you know, uh, you know, we talk about how we like, well, why is this happening to me or what is this about? But that God is allowing whatever he's allowing to happen and to just allow our hearts to unfold, not to be afraid of the unfolding of our hearts, but to allow our hearts to unfold and entrust them to the Lord and see what he speaks about them and in and through them at all times. And so that there's nothing coincidental that God, he is, he is there and he's the master and he is sovereign and thank God, you know, thank God for his sovereignty. Amen. I love the part where he says, um, that God works all things for good. And he said, if he makes you fall as he did with St. Paul, whom, mm-hmm. you know, mm, fell to I the like ground, it is yeah. to raise him up to his glory. And I was like, oh, that's a beautiful image. Like if St. Mm-hmm. Paul didn't fall to the ground, then he never would have been who he is. We would never talk about him. You know, I mean, Amen. he would have still been yeah. part of the enemy, you know, on the enemy's side. And mm-hmm. uh, I think we have to be able to allow like scriptures and, and um, quotes like that to really resonate in our own life. Like I need mm-hmm. to be, I need to let myself fall to the ground so that God can raise me up again. You know, it's not just Amen. for St. Paul. It's not just for somebody mm-hmm. else who you think needs to fall off their high horse. <laughs> Get off me. your high horse, woman. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's me and it's you. It's <laughs> <That's> awesome. <laughs> we did talk about, you know, abiding together the musical. Yeah, put that on your playlist. <laughs> I just Kim. break into song like over and over again. Oh, so oh, funny. And wouldn't that be so much fun? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's awesome. It's interesting though. Um, one of my really good friends that I've gotten to know in Pensacola, she's Jewish, and I was talking to her the other day, and I'm always quizzing her about things and asking her different questions because you know I just love um, the just the Jewish people and our you know so majority of our you know Catholicism comes out of that in our tradition and all of that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so we were talking about the Savior and Jesus and Easter coming up and, you know, for her. Mm-hmm. And so she's, so she asked me the questions. She said, do you believe that most Christians live like we are waiting for the Savior, the Messiah? And she's like, the majority of Christians I see don't act like the Messiah has come. <gasps> oh, Dang. And so it was so convicting to me. And she said, if he has risen from the dead, if he's done all these things, you know, and it was not a combative conversation. It was a very um, questioning conversation. And it just really struck me. And I was like, yeah, do we? I mean, because we would live with peace. We would live like their savior has come. We would live. I mean, these people are anxiously awaiting, you know, um, so, you know, like a Messiah. And so, but our Messiah has come and, you know, he suffered the cross for us and he rose from the dead for us and just to be in relationship with us. So am I living in such a way where I live a resurrected life, you know, that a Messiah mm-hmm. has come? It just has me thinking and just the beautiful things that I'm learning from her, you know, and just her beautiful tradition and her faith has just been a gift to me in a lot of ways. And so, mm-hmm. you know, and it goes back to, is he our Prince of Peace? 
you know, is he the God of our lives? Does he rule our lives in all areas and not just some of our lives? And mm-hmm. if he doesn't, you know, let us put it under his dominion and his kingship and Amen. his glory and let us live like resurrected people, you know, that let us live like a savior has come. The Messiah is here and he is present and incarnational in all of our lives. So, um, yeah, it's just been really convicting and something really pondering in my mind the last couple of days. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's awesome. And those are some great things to consider. Like as we're coming up to Easter, it's so soon, you know, yeah. we're coming up to Easter, yeah. like where has God resurrected places in my life? that maybe I've forgotten, you know, that I'm not considering. And then where does God still want to bring resurrection in my life? And Mm -hmm. am I open to that? Am I praying for that? Especially during this most beautiful season of Lent and as we approach the Easter season. Like, it doesn't have to be confined to just the six weeks of Lent. Like, these things we need to ponder in our hearts and allow God to resurrect all the places all the time, you know? Mm -hmm. So Yeah, he's certainly always doing something new. I mean, that's very spoke to me very deeply the readings for Sunday Mass of uh, God is doing something new, always doing something new and making all things new. And yeah, he's always at work. He's like, you know, the Father's always at work, so I'm always at work. He's always at work in our souls in the garden. You can see him. He's the gardener within. If you see him, we don't always recognize him, but he's in there right, right exactly. in the garden and tending, uh, always tending in such gentleness and kindness and, and uh, yeah, and strength and severe strength, right? But uh, out of such respect and reverence for each one of us. So that's the kind of savior we have. And so um, I just want to say thanks to the two of you. This has been a great uh, study. This has been, I'm so glad we chose this book. I'm so glad the Holy Spirit chose this book because remember we had several options and we were like, yeah, we mm. did. And we were debating about yeah, all the different we were. ones. And then this emerged to the top. And so I, I truly think it's providential, mm-hmm. right? I do too. It's been a joy to go through this together. Yeah. So we'll continue to see how it unfolds in our lives. Um, the searching for maintaining peace and a foundation definitely to live by. So. Mm-hmm. And it was beautiful to see like all the listeners that joined us in this study. And even if people didn't read the book, but they were just following along with mm-hmm. the podcast and having their own conversations and diving in, like, thanks for joining us on this little mm-hmm. study. It was really, mm-hmm. really great. Really great to see people's reflections on it too. Yeah, definitely. Uh, very wonderful. Very wonderful. Well, ladies, it is time for our one thing as we end our searching. Well, we're not ending it. We're ending our study, but our searching for maintaining peace. So, Michelle, uh, would you like to start with your two one things? Um, since we're just going to go ahead and continue. I only have one one thing. Sassy sister. Um, isn't she so cute? Yeah, not. Anyway... One of mine is, uh, the word rooted has really come up and I think it has to do with my word of the year too, creating a rhythm and rooted in. So a friend of mine, Gretchen George and I, if you've ever been to my house, I have the hugest live oak tree. I should probably take a picture and put it in the private Facebook group. You should, dude. That should be your one thing. Big fat oak tree. It's, it's epic. Like out of a movie. Narnia is in there, y'all. Narnia is It is gorgeous. And I love the thing about the live oaks is they are always alive. Hence the name. And the root system is so huge and it goes down. So I watched this little video and it's called Think Like a Tree. And it's talking about live oak trees and the importance of the roots and how they connect with other people's roots. And then when hurricanes come, they can't be knocked over because oh, the hey, roots are awesome. all integrated. So it is this really great little YouTube video. It's like a minute and a half long, but it's such a cute series. It's called Think Like a Tree. And I've just become obsessed with it. And so, um, because I... Is that like Thoughts of a Dog on Twitter? I know. Oh like my gosh. That's hilarious. That's the best Twitter account because Twitter is all hate, but except that account makes me laugh. 
Okay. It cracks me up that sister posts the thoughts like a dog all the so time. Funny. And so someone else said that to me. I don't, I'm not on Twitter, but someone's like, the sister like dogs because she's always posting thoughts like a dog. I'm like, what are you talking about? You know? And then I, she showed me her thing. Dude, it's they're so funny. funny. They're hilarious. Yeah. They're humorous, special. Anyway, sister, what is your one thing? <laughs> My one thing. Um, actually, I we've talked about this. I So we all, I love Bishop Barron. We all love Bishop Barron. He's wonderful. And so his Word on Fire Institute, what they're doing, like with their school of evangelization, their digital learning and things like that. Mm-hmm. But recently he had an event called Bishop Barron Presents and he presented one of his fellows. He's got three women fellows on the, the leadership board for Word on Fire. And so one of them is Leah Labresco and Leah, is a former atheist who was at Yale University and had a, a, a conversion. And so he was featuring her as a talk that she gave. And then they did like a live kind of discussion afterward. And so just, I, it was great. Leah's wonderful. And it was just really interesting to hear her talk about her experience of how to, how to debate people. Like, how do you, how do you argue ideas with somebody and still respect the person? And so she's just very honest in her talk. And so it was just wonderful to see Bishop Barron partnering with such vibrant, um, smart, holy women. And that just made my heart sing. Even the, the graphic featuring them, Bishop Barron and Leah, announcing the event was wonderful. So I just want to give a shout out to Water on Fire and to Leah Labresco and to everything that they're doing to spread the good news of the gospel because it's certainly efficacious and it was just really edifying. So that is my one thing, mm-hmm. girls. Yeah, awesome. Amen. And it's such good, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, such good yep. beauty, truth, and goodness. I'm just mm-hmm. so impressed with what mm-hmm. they're doing. It's amazing. What about you, Heather? Yeah, so my one thing is just the backstory to a song by Hillsong United that has just been released recently called As You Find Me. And I just watched this little video of them describing the backstory of how it was written and just by Joel Houston and how it came out of just a time of questioning and brokenness and him really wondering, like, you know, am I, am I called to keep going like with all of this? And so it just came out of such a raw, vulnerable place, which is what we're talking about. Beautiful things coming out of vulnerability. And, um, so I'm going to post that little video about the song. Cause it, yeah, it was it really moved me. It, just the honesty of it, the messiness of it. It was awesome. So I'll put that on our show notes, which you can find on our website along with all of our questions, discussion questions. Uh, so you can meet in a group or with a friend and also we have some journaling questions that you can do on your own to go deeper into the content. Amen. Well, thank you listeners. Thanks for joining with us. Um, and father Jacques Philippe's book. And we just pray that this week is a week of deep peace for you, that uh, Jesus reveals his heart for you and to you, and that you can go to him and find him in all things, no matter what may come. And, uh, welcome to Holy week, right? So this will be airing during Holy week and, uh, we'll have a, another episode for you then. So, uh, or right before Holy week, I guess on huh? the week before. So, um, yeah, here we go. And And we're finishing out uh, the last days of Lent. So thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you liked it, would you please share it with a friend? You can leave us a rating, leave us a review on iTunes. That helps us get the message out to as many people as possible. If you would like the show notes emailed to you, you can go to ascensionpress.com forward slash abiding together. That's ascensionpress.com forward slash abiding together and enter your email address click the subscribe button and the show notes will be on their way to you every week you can also find the show notes on the ascension press website as well as each episode on the itunes podcast app you'll find everything there you can join our private facebook group and join our community and just get in on everything that's going on we love to hear from you send us an email give us a shout out we are happy to be on the journey with you and until next week we will be abiding together Thank you so much.